No. Yeah, there we go. We're alive. Great. Uh, good evening, guys. Nothing better than a bit of uh, technical glitches as we go. For some of you, this might be your first ever time in a church building. Um, and for some of us over the last four weeks, this may have been your first time stepping into a church building. And for some of you, you feel like, oh my goodness, all I ever do is step into a church building. Um, but the, the, the question I want to start with is, um, and, it, and let's go for a raise of hands, who here loves trashy TV? Right, let's try that again. Here at church, we believe in honesty and vulnerability. Put your hands up if you enjoy trashy TV. Amazing. For me, I have to admit, I'm a bit of a, I'm a bit of a fan of the like classic, like midday kind of awful, cheesy, old school BBC kind of programs. Uh, give me a week if you're a Cash in the Attic fan. You've got the right idea, to be honest. Um, uh, I, I'm going to claim this. I think I am possibly one of the uh, the only humans to have ever cried uh, during an episode of Cash in the Attic. It, uh, these beautiful moments where they find these kind of antique pieces out of nowhere and they just like, it's worth loads of money. And it's just this beautiful moment. But um, this weekend, I stooped to a, a new low. Um, I have actually this weekend watched two episodes of Homes Under the Hammer. Oh my goodness, with Dion Dublin, who used to be an old school Aston Villa football player. And I found myself watching it and I was like, oh, this like, looks like it's from like the 1980s and it's like proper old school. And basically what they do, if you've not seen it, is they, uh, they visit these, these houses that are basically really run down and really battered. Um, and they kind of say, look at this house and how awful it is, but all the potential that it has. And then they send it to auction and someone buys it for like 10p. They do it up for like 10 grand and then they sell it for like 300,000 pounds. And, and you're, it's just like half an hour of the most captivating TV that you can ever have on a Sunday lunchtime with Dion Dublin. But what I love is, is I love the imagery that comes from Homes Under the Hammer. That there's some of these houses are like an absolute wreck. They've fallen apart. The windows have all been smashed in. It's like this really needs some TLC. But what's interesting is there's also these houses that they look kind of pristine on the outside. And then when they open the door, you're suddenly like, oh, what has gone on in this house that has landed at being kind of empty for so long? And for some of us, I think actually our lives and our hearts are maybe a little bit like this image. For some of us, we know even on the outside, probably me most of the time, I'm a wreck. Like, I'm in need of some, like, TLC and some transformation. But for some of us, that actually as we've been stepping into these tri-church services, as we've left space for reflection, as we've left space to ask God to come and speak to us and reveal his love for us, to ask him to come and transform us, that actually for some of us, we feel a little bit like those houses that look absolutely fine on the outside, but we know that we're in desperate need of transformation inside. And so this evening, uh, in this sort of short time together in this talk, what I'd love to do is um, I'd just love to share a few simple thoughts and a little bit of my story. What I'd love for you to do, again, show of hands, if this is, um, over the last few weeks, the first time ever or for a really long time that you've ever been to church. Amazing. So good. Part of the vision of this is that we wanted to invite 
those that maybe have never stepped into a church building before, or maybe have only ever come for a Christmas service or a wedding or potentially a funeral, to come and maybe give this a go, to try church. And for me, when I was growing up, I never went to church. I was definitely not interested in going to church. And if anything, I was probably as far away from God as you could possibly be. The decisions that I was making, the things that I was doing, I was far away from God as you can be. And it reached the point where actually what I realized was just like Holmes under the hammer, that I was this kind of portraying this kind of pristine house on the outside, but I knew deep down that there were huge rooms in my house, in my life, in my heart, that were in desperate need of something to transform it. No matter what I tried to fill my life with, my heart with, the decisions I made, it never satisfied, it never transformed this sense of being alone, hurting, and lost, of feeling empty inside. And a few of my um, friends had noticed this in me, that there was something not quite right going on inside. And they eventually said, one of them was a Christian, that they said, Lewis, I think there might be something going on inside of you. Would you ever consider trying church? And my immediate response was, absolutely not. Maybe you've been invited by a friend over the last few weeks and your first thought was, absolutely not. I'm not going anywhere near that place. That's where I was at. And they kept encouraging over that year, and it reached the point where they said, Lewis, just just come and try. Um, But rather than coming and trying church, we're going to this um, five-day Christian festival in the middle of Somerset, and it will be fun, and there'll be loads of people your age there, and there'll be live music, and there'll be, at that time, they were like, there'll be attractive girls and all this stuff, and there'll be loads of football. And I was like, well, that sounds a little bit better than just sitting on a hard chair in a cold, dark church eating cucumber sandwiches. And so they convinced me, and and I went. And I went with this sense of... There's a hole inside of me. What am I going to hear? I'm here to try this. Day one, all I wanted to do was leave. There were loads of Christians around, and maybe, again, this might have been your your first experience of stepping into a church. Um, And in this huge tent with 10,000 young people, we were having sung worship, and hands were going up in the air, and people were just singing out their heart and all their passion coming out about this God. And I was just there like, what on earth is going on? By day two, I started hearing about this this bloke called Jesus who claimed to be the son of God and the stories of, of how he transformed people, that he healed people, that he spoke love to people, that he taught these amazing ideas that we still have in our culture today, 2,000 so years on. This guy, Jesus, apparently died for me and for you, saying that he loved me and he loves you. And that that love of God was so powerful that he then rose again from the dead three days later to show that his love is alive and that he's here with us. And day two, I thought, this is a load of rubbish. What on earth is going on? It got to day three of these five-day conference. And I started to ask the question inside, noticing again that hole deep within me of saying, is this stuff true? Is this Jesus guy really who he says he was? Does he really exist? Is he alive by his Holy Spirit? Can we encounter and meet with him tonight? Can we meet with him today? And I started asking these questions on day three. 
by day four, and it was an evening session, so a little bit like this. Again, loads of people singing their hearts out, hands in the air. And then someone shared a talk about how amazing God's love is and that he died for us and that he rose again. And then they left some space at the end of this service and they said, you're, you're here to, to try to ask the question, God, are you real? And we're going to invite the Holy Spirit, God's presence itself, to come and meet with us and speak to us as we've been doing over the last few weeks. And for the first time in my life, in this enormous damp tent in the middle of Somerset with 10,000 young people feeling like it was 10,000 young people going for God, I just sat in this tent And I think for the first time ever, I said some sort of prayer in my heart, which was along the lines of, God, if you are real, show me. I can't do this anymore. This hole is too big. God, if you're real, show me. And I waited. And I waited. And I waited. God, if you're real, show me. And suddenly, in this moment, I felt all of the hurt, all of the the loss, the emptiness inside me, almost physically within me, this hole just bubbling up and bubbling up to the point where it just came pouring out in this sweaty, snotty mess of tears for about 45 minutes. And the hole inside was coming out. And instead, what I found was this deep sense within me that God was saying, Lewis, I love you and I am with you. Lewis, I love you, and I am with you. Lewis, I love you, and I am with you. And in the last book of the Bible, and it's illustrated here on the screen, there's this beautiful verse in the last book of Revelation, and it's verse 19, so verse uh, chapter 3, verse 19. And it says, here I am. This is God speaking. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Here I am. I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. This was my experience at that festival in the middle of Somerset. I heard this knock on the door of my heart. And I said, God, if you're real, show me. Come in. And in he came and he dealt with all of this emptiness and he replaced it with his love and this sense of belonging to him. And so when we do that, what can we expect to happen? So three things, and I'm going to go through this really quickly. Firstly is our identity changes. Our identity changes. When we say yes to Jesus, when we invite him in, our identity changes. When we say yes to Jesus, it says in the Bible that we become children of God. And what I love is um, Tom spoke to us so powerfully on our first tri-church service about the story of the prodigal son who disappeared and spent all of the father's wealth on luxury living, parties and prostitutes, ended up in the mess with this sense of I've messed up. And he returns home. And what we see is the father's love sprints towards the son. And it says, it doesn't matter what you've done in the past. It doesn't matter who you are now. I still love you and I'm still for you and I'm still with you. Our identity changes. 
One of the things that I love doing on a Saturday, apart from watching Homes Under the Hammer, is I like visiting my, uh, my nan uh, and my family all come together. And I have a, a little niece called Phoebe and uh, a nephew called Alfie, who's uh, recently turned six. And uh, a few months ago, we were uh, enjoying some, some afternoon tea on a Saturday afternoon. That's what we do at my nan's. And, uh, and little Alfie, bless him, was in charge of taking the biscuits from the kitchen to the living room. So uh, Stuart, my brother, his dad, Alfie's dad, puts the biscuits on the tray and he's like, Alfie, my son, here we go. We're going to, and you can see like Alfie's like, right, he's got the tray and it's a little bit too big for him and it's a little bit too heavy. And so he's kind of like bouncing a little bit through the hallway and you can just see what's about to happen. We're all there like, come on, Stuart, like we know that these are like the you know, this is important snack for the afternoon. We know what's going to happen. And so Alfie's kind of like bouncing along and the inevitable happens where he trips over his feet, he falls over, the tray goes flying and the biscuits go everywhere. Stuart, Alfie's dad, has been following him the whole way. And as soon as those biscuits end up on the floor, Stuart is there and he's picking them up and he puts them back on the tray. And what I love is the first thing he does with that is he gives the tray back to Alfie and says, go again. When we say yes to Jesus, we are adopted. We become children of God. And God is saying, it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter what you say. I will always love you. And I will always pick you up, dust you off, and send you back again. That is what it means to be in relationship with God. Our identity changes. Secondly, our intimacy changes. We can have an intimate relationship with God. God wants to live with us and through us. He wants to live inside of us. We can have a relationship with him. And this might change the things around us. So when I became a Christian, I was, um, I was living with my, my gorgeous nan, uh, Nana Maureen, who is an absolute babe. Um, at that time, I, uh, so I became a Christian at 19. I, um, I'd moved back to, to my hometown and I said to my nan, Nan, uh, I'm going to move in for a month and I'm going to get myself a job and then I'm going to rent a room uh, and then I'll be out of your hair. I was there for three years. And so whilst I was there was when I became a Christian and uh, I started to, to want to, to get to know this God. Because when I said yes to Jesus for the first time, I didn't really even know necessarily who he was. I'd heard all these amazing stories about what he said and what he's done. But I didn't really know him. And I heard that you can have a, a kind of deep, intimate relationship with him. But that takes time to build up. And so at my nan's, what I normally do in the morning is I started reading the Bible to get to know this God. And I started to kind of take comprehensive notes. And I was writing all these things. And I started listening to, to worship music to kind of hear a little bit more about who God is. And I remember after a couple, of my mom, a couple of months, my nan looked at me really concerned. She said, Lewis, I'm so worried that you've joined a cult. <laughs> and I was like, no, nan, I've had this experience. I've had this encounter of God's love. I know that he loves me. and I'm just getting to know him. It's about an intimate relationship. No, Lewis, I'm really concerned that you've joined a cult. What I love is my nan, a couple of years later, I invited her again and again, and eventually said, she said yes to coming to an alpha course, which is asking the big questions of life and asking that question, God, if you're real, show me. And during that alpha course, 
she had an amazing experience of the love of God. And at 78 years old, she said yes to Jesus. And she started an adventure and an intimate relationship with him. And what I love is uh, now she'll, um, she'll ring me up every now and then. She'll be like, Lewis, I've been praying to God about you. And I feel like God said this about you. And I'm like, Eknan, how do you know that? Like, God must be talking to you. This is amazing. And I'll go, Nan, I'm so worried that you've joined a cult. And she's like, she's like, oh, shut up. And I'm like, but God, when we say yes to him, when we invite him in, when he knocks on the door and we open it up, He says that he wants to come and he wants to give us an intimate relationship that we can get to know this God. In this passage, it says that Jesus comes to not come and wreck our house and say, you need to change this and I don't like that decoration and that is a mess of a room. He says, I'm going to come and eat with you. It's about relationship, intimate relationship. So identity changes. We have an intimate relationship. And finally... We have an impact. What I love, and uh, I'm going to finish with with this, our impact changes because um, the reason why we put these four events on of Tri Church is uh, to give people the opportunity to experience God and to maybe experience what church is like. But it doesn't end here. Um, Just to say that after tonight, we won't shut the building down forever. Actually, that the services will continue and you are so welcome and invited to come next week. Uh, And we're actually going to be looking at a series for the next few weeks of how God uses us. Not only does he come and live with us, not only do we have relationship with him, but he comes to, to use us. That actually we can be used by God. We can grow in gifts with God. That we can have an impact in the way that we love the people around us. And I'd love to finish with, with this story of how God can use us. Um, so a couple of years after becoming a Christian, I was trying to build this relationship, this intimate relationship with God that actually he speaks to us and he can speak through us. Uh, and I went to this, um, this kind of church conference all about hearing God's voice and growing in relationship. And uh, I, I, at that point, had really bad time management skills, so I'd arrived half an hour late, so I kind of crept in to the back of church and felt really awkward. And there were a few people that said these amazing talks about how you can have intimate relationship and you can hear God's voice. And they said, what we're going to do is we're going to wait, we're going to invite the Holy Spirit, God's presence, to come and speak to us. And we believe that he's going to speak to you and that he's going to use you. And I was like, I'm still not entirely convinced that God wants to use me. And so I stood at the back of this church, and I was like, oh, right, God, if this is right, and if this is real, show me. Do something. Now, this wasn't an audible, booming voice from the heavens. Lewis, this is God. I don't know why he sounds like Batman. That was really weird. <laughs> Just kind of slipped out. <laughs> All I sensed was... Whether it was in my heart or in my head, I'm not sure. Just this thought popped into my head when I said that prayer, which was as simple as, Lewis, turn around. And in my head, I was like, I'm at the back of the church. What am I? Lewis, turn around. I was like, right, that's a weird thought. So I kind of spun. And as I turned to my left, there was this lady in the kind of deepest corner of this church, almost in the shadows. And this lady, probably in like her mid-50s, was, was crying. And so when you feel like maybe God might have spoken something saying turn around and you see a 
50-year-old lady crying in a corner, you're like, oh my goodness, maybe God is asking me to do something. Maybe I can have an impact. I don't know. And I don't know about you guys, if you've ever been in that position, but the first thing I did, I, I looked forward and I went, nope, not for me. I'm not interested. <laughs> and, and again, just, it wasn't an audible voice, just this nudge, just this nudge of like, come on, Lewis, have an impact. I can use you. So I was like, okay. So I kind of took the deep breath, shut my eyes, and I was like, right. So I walked up to her and I said, can't help but noticing you're you're crying. Uh, Is there anything that I can pray for? And uh, she looked at me and said, yeah, I've I've actually got this really bad shoulder and it's just been really painful for the last few months. And I was like, great. Um, What I believe is that, that God can heal people, that actually he can have an impact in that way. So I said, can I pray for you? And she was like, sure, I'm at a church conference, let's go for it. So I put my hand on her shoulder and I said something really simple like, uh, God, thank you that you heal. Would you heal this lady's shoulder? Amen. And she then opened her eyes was sort of a bit like, is that it? And then, and they'd said at that point, you can test it. So I said to her, I was like, it, has it got better? And she sort of like raised her shoulder and she was like, oh no, that's still really, really painful. I was like, right. Okay. So I said, can I pray for you again? She's like, yes. Yeah. So I put my hand on her shoulder and I said, God, thank you that you heal would you heal this lady's shoulder? And I looked at her and she opened her eyes and she knew what to do by this point. So she like tested it and she was like, no, it's still really painful. I can't lift it any higher than here. So I was like, right, in the Bible at one point, Jesus prayed for someone three times. So I at least get three attempts. (laughs) So I put my hand on her shoulder. She shut her eyes. And this time as I shut my eyes, I said, God, thank you that you speak. Would you speak to me about this lady's situation? Would I have an impact? Would you use me? And as I shut my eyes... I had, and here at St. John's, please don't judge me or report me to any kind of mental health doctors. The first thought that came into my head, again, not an audible voice, just a thought in my head, was this picture of a Christmas tree, but instead of being wrapped in tinsels, it was wrapped in chains. And so I was suddenly thinking, oh my goodness, why is that coming to mind? Maybe I need prayer for healing. And I'm like, this is so weird. But it was so random. This conference was in March. So again, it wasn't anywhere near Christmas either. So I'm like, oh, this is very random. Maybe, just maybe, this is God. So I kind of took the deep breath and I kind of said to her, this might seem exceptionally weird and very random, but I have this picture of a Christmas tree wrapped in chains. Does that make any sense? As soon as I said that, she again burst into tears. And after five minutes and she sort of dried up, she eventually said that three months ago at Christmas Day, that her brother had come round for Christmas Day and they'd had this huge argument. So she had said these horrible words to him, so much so that he had just stormed out of the house and he had left and they hadn't spoken to each other since. I was like wow, maybe this stuff actually works. Maybe God really does speak to us and use us. And so she kind of cried out a little bit more and uh, we had a chat and we prayed together and she, she asked God for forgiveness about the situation. She forgave her brother in that moment. And afterwards she said that she felt just exceptional peace in this situation. I looked at her and I suddenly thought, how's your shoulder by the way? And suddenly she was like, it's all like, it's completely better. God is real and he wants to use us that we can have an impact when we follow him and so what i love for us to do is if the screens have turned off there we go this picture is um a painting that actually hangs up in saint paul's cathedral um by a guy called uh, holman hunt 
And uh, someone actually said to Holman after apparently a year after you painted this, saying, um, Holman, I love your painting, but actually you've made a terrible mistake. There's a really small detail on the, the door that actually you've, you've forgot to, to kind of, uh, you know, have the, the latch, the kind of, the thing to open it. I can't think of what the handle. <laughs> I've given you Batman and now I've just dried up. You've forgotten the handle. And Holman Hunt looked at the person and said, the beautiful thing about this verse, the beautiful thing about this painting is that the handle is on our side of the door. We have the option of opening up to Jesus when he knocks. He's not going to force his way in. He's not going to smash down the door. Actually, he is a gentleman. The Holy Spirit, God himself, is a gentleman. And we have the option of opening up the handle. And so what we're going to do now, and we're going to close there, is we're going to have an opportunity, if you would like to, to take hold of the handle and open the door to God if you haven't done so. So what I'd love for you to do is just where you are, maybe you want to shut your eyes. I'm going to say a really uh, simple prayer, and then I'm going to offer an invitation. Father God, thank you for your amazing love. Thank you that when we say yes to you, we get a new identity as your children. When we say yes to you, that we can have intimate, loving relationship with you. And thank you that we can be used, we get to play, we can be used by you. Come and knock on the doors of our lives and our hearts this evening. And so with our eyes shut, I just want to offer the invitation. If tonight you want to open the door to Jesus, that you want to say yes to a relationship with him, to start an adventure with him, what I'd love for you to do is just where you are, is just to put your hands up. If you want to open the door and say yes to Jesus for the first time tonight. Come, Holy Spirit.